Hey, group chat, I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. of Black Girls Texting. I'm joined by Chelsea Pinky. We can't quite get our schedules right. You know, I wasn't in the last one. Glenn's not in this one. But notice who's consistent. (laughs) We're dedicated to the craft and we're going to be here. We're going to get it done. Very excited for you all to hear this week's guest. But shall we jump into Red or Reply? Red or the fact that I had to rewatch that damn video like a thousand times to like, and then you keep hearing your voice, part. you're like, oh yeah. my god, like, oh my god, this is a lot. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm not a TikTok girly, and I am in this other group chat with my friend and her little cousin now, and the little cousin is, you know, in college, and she's like always sending TikTok videos. <laughs> so like now I've become like. I'm still not a TikTok girly, but now I'm on TikTok a little bit more because mm-hmm. she keeps sending me stuff. And I'm like, these videos, people just be recording anything. So they do. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to just record shit and post it. They do. It's true. See what happens. It's true. These bitches I, getting sent to Turks and Caicos. I will uh, say the girls are bye. clever. Like I watched one where someone was just in her car, but it was like the captions and the little emojis. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, look at that. She had a little razzle dazzle, but she's sitting in the damn driver's Car. seat. Just pulled yeah. over. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah. Oh, should we briefly talk about that tart thing? So I don't really understand it still. Um, I started watching a video, it was very long, and I frankly don't care. Don't care in the nicest way. Okay, well then we don't have to talk about it. Maybe we, we we'll can maybe get into the creator it. On get into it on the Patreon or invite the creator on because yeah. like every time I turn around, there's new stuff. I'm like, oh my god, this is like, girl, this is crazy. Mm. But I do love um, that. Well, actually, this could, this can be my hotline bling. Um, you should definitely sign up for the Geneva. Yes. Because um, if you're not familiar, Geneva is an application. Um, it's similar to like a Discord. Um, it's a chat space where we are connecting with BGT listeners and just friends. It's a group like, chat. Yeah, it's a group chat, literally. And just great conversation going down in there. That's where, you know, I went there. I was like, girls, what's going on with this tart shit? And, you know, they were trying to help me get 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 to it. But I was like, ooh lots of they gave the resources they did give the resources it's a great community join our geneva how do they find it is it on our instagram um it is we'll try to post about it on our stories but yeah we'll post it on our stories and then i'll make it easy to to access um join our geneva it's so fun it really is it warms my heart it warms my heart but let's get into the BGDS and Le Group chat. Um, okay. On, read, or, re, lie. 
I can jump in if you want to okay. get, get your your thoughts. Um, I'm doing a write a reply combo. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Been seeing a lot of, you know, discussion around mental health on the socials, but also recently have had a lot of people just be very open about their mental health with me unexpectedly speaking to someone and they were like, yeah, I was diagnosed as depressed and now I'm on medication and I feel so much better. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like shit that, especially these are black women that I'm talking to, black women talking about their struggles with depression, anxiety, um, just mental health challenges so openly. And I am fully replying to it because I feel like we definitely need to, stop stigmatizing these conversations like so many people are going through a lot we're all going through a lot and i think the more people are open that you know they are having challenges we'll just make everyone talk more freely about these subjects and just not make it taboo just make it like a part of life the same way that you might be like i have cramps so you're like I'm anxious and I'm taking CBD all day, like whatever it may be, you know? And I think that like a lot of people don't want to be deemed as like quote unquote crazy or like something is wrong with them, but like nothing is wrong with you. You're just living as a human being in the society and especially as a black woman, kudos to you. Um, So I'm replying to that. But what I'm leaving on red around this subject is that I think it is still so challenging for black women to have these conversations. Like, we don't even necessarily have the language. Um, and I'll I'll even take this out of black women. I'll say black people. Like I'll talk to some of my male black friends and they'll describe stuff to me. And I'm like, oh, babe, you have anxiety. Like that's <laughs> that's anxiety. And they're like, what? What the fuck is that? And I'm like, yep, you're anxious as hell. You definitely should look into that. And like when you don't have resources or like honestly, frankly, privileged to even understand that and like tap into that and fix some of those challenges or work through some of those challenges, I think is really unfortunate. Um, and we suffer as a people. Um, and so I'm leaving that on red, but I'm hoping that on the reply side, people speaking more about it will encourage folks to explore and just get their mental right because that is number one before anything else i love that get yeah. your mind right get your mind right get your <laughs> mind right i'm replying well my i'm replying to this video that i saw on instagram and i just wanted to share it because i think i shared it with you guys and no one responded mm. i don't know there's so many it's too much it's too much but this is the sound you do exist there wait hold on Okay. Do exist. They're, they're not. They're made. People meet, they get a good feeling, and then they get to work building a relationship. And with enough time and love and effort, two people become one thing. Isn't that beautiful? Like, I think we have this, and, you know, I'm on these audio speaking apps where people love talking about relationships and you know everybody's trying to get married but like there's not enough fish in the sea and there's pee in the dating pool and the blah 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 
And I'm just like, guys, it's not like a Disney movie. And it's this is something that I'm still learning because I didn't grow up watching a husband and wife in the Mm -hmm. house. So like, and I think like, you know, many people didn't, especially in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's, it's like you don't just stumbly stumble. It's like Cupid's not throwing arrows around and it's like you're going to be in love with this person forever and it's just going to be easy, breezy, everything, super cover girl. What's that thing? Easy, breezy, beautiful cover easy girl. Breeze. It's like yeah. you make the choice. No, it's like you find the person. Obviously, there has to be that like connection, whatever, that yeah, feeling. Yeah, the spark. The spark. Whatever. And then you decide like oh okay this is the person i'm gonna work through life with and like that's a decision so yes i love that he said like soulmates aren't found they're chosen is that what he said they're made they're made yes they're made um and i just thought it was a beautiful quote and i saw not quote but little clip and i saw it and just wanted to share it because it really resonated with me um and yeah and then I'm leaving on red Donald Trump and the fact that he is the top of the food chain in terms of Republican Scum candidates running for president. So there's that. We might get a round two of Cheeto Man. And he's just getting charge after charge, case after case, up in the courtroom. But he's like doing the little Kim dance, like kind of dodging things and might still run for president. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Like maybe it's like, this is, this is your last hope. And I really pray that some folks like get it together and they're like, Oh wow. He's a manipulative, terrible human being. I should not do this, but I don't know. We'll see how it really all comes to fruition not to be gloom and doom but i really think that everybody sucks yes everyone does suck but he in particular really sucks he particularly sucks it's so weird to like i think you know we're in new york and la we're in our little bubble but like a lot of this country really likes donald trump which is freaky yeah i don't know i i really am like very unclear what the fuck is going on i'm like who's even running on the democratic side and then i listened to a podcast and they were like well it's very sensitive with people like announcing because there 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 needs to be party alignment and i'm like i'm not getting behind this nigga joe she gonna vote for trump i'm good on joe so you gonna vote for Trump? No, I need some other options. I need them to. I know Marianne Wilson has put her name in the hat. I want to say there's one other independent that's put their name in the hat, but like, party what's needs happening? To be we can't split the vote. Joe Biden does not need to run again. Like, what are we talking about? He might. That man. No, he needs to pack it up, Lady hang Joe. it up. <sighs> I don't know. Fold it up. Yeah. But <laughs> on the positive side, I did I do want to say I very much love what you shared on the soulmate front. Sorry I didn't listen to it. Lots of content sent all in all them chats. Oh my god, we have a chat listeners. It's like me, Shade, Glenn, and one other friend and 
this girl sends the wildest videos. I'd be like, no, like, no, nope, no. Scrolling past. Yeah. <laughs> scrolling past. That's why like, I just be like missing shit. videos every day. I know. Um, oh, I'm that also could be the damn the hotline th- bling shit. I- I'm also replying to the TikTok I made. Took me about an hour. Yes, it was great. I loved the little like fit check, boom, food, boom. I was like, okay, transitions, captions. That shit is hard. That application is not easy to use. I'm sorry, Gen Z, you guys are literal geniuses because I'm not sure how you're making all those videos on TikTok all day. I agree. Like, I I do think it's intuitive. Like, you can you can figure it out but it takes so long i'm like how are you just cranking out is there a, a another app that we're not aware of that like aids with that app like i don't i don't i don't understand there must be there's something that we don't know because the fact that i had to rewatch that damn video like a thousand times to like and then you keep hearing your voice part. you're like oh yeah. my god like, oh my god this is a lot yeah. but i you know i'm not a tiktok girly and I am in this other group chat with my friend and her little cousin now. And the little cousin is, you know, in college and she's like always sending TikTok videos. So like now I've become like, I'm still not a TikTok girly, but now I'm on TikTok a little bit more because Mm -hmm. she keeps sending me stuff. And I'm like, these videos, people just be recording anything. So I'm going to do the same. I'm going to just record shit and post it. They do. It's true. See what happens. It's true. These bitches I, are getting sent to Turks and Caicos. I will uh, say the girls are bye. clever. Like I watched one where someone was just in her car, but it was like the captions and the little emojis. And I was like, mm. wow, look at that. She had a little driver's car. seat. Just pulled yeah. over. Bye, bye, yeah. bye, Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah. Oh, should we briefly talk about that tart thing? So I don't really understand it still. Um, I started watching a video. It was very long. And I frankly don't care. Don't care. In the nicest way. In the nicest way. (laughs) Okay. Well, then we don't have to talk about it. Maybe we can invite the creator on. Get into it on the Patreon or invite the creator on. Because like every time I turn around, there's new stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. This is like. Girl. This is crazy. Mm. But I do love um, that. Well, actually, this could, this could be my hotline bling. Um, you should definitely sign up for the Geneva. Yeah. Because um, if you're not familiar, Geneva is an application. Um, it's similar to like a Discord. Um, it's a chat space where we are connecting with BGT listeners and just friends it's a group chat yeah it's a group chat literally and just great conversation going down in there that's where you know i went there i was like girls what's going on with this tart shit and you know they were trying to help me get 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 to it but i was like lots of they gave the resources they did give the resources it's a great community join our geneva how do they find it is it on our instagram um it is We'll try to post about it Maybe on our in stories. Our link tree, but yeah, we'll post it on our stories and then I'll make it easy to to access. Um, Join yeah. our Geneva. It's Join so us. fun. It really is. It warms my heart. It warms my heart. But yeah. let's get into the BGDS and Le Group Chat. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. Okay, you guys, our black girl doing shit this week is Sheho Facho and Dabane reporting 
from South Africa. She is a writer, a podcast publicist for mental health practitioners, and currently getting her Master of Arts in Clinical Psychology from the University of Cape Town. Congratulations to you. Her words have been featured in various international publications, including Refinery29, Well and Good, Life and Time, and Food52, amongst others. When she is not writing away or sitting with the stories of her clients, you can find her guzzling endless cups of tea. I love that so much. Exploring (laughs) nature or experimenting with another baking recipe. You got your tea on deck. Um, Thank you so much and welcome. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. I'm super excited for everyone to hear this episode this week. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be having this chat with you. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Growing up, I was never a tampon kind of girl. I know I'm not alone here. Before I ever even used them, I was scared. I just assumed that they would be uncomfortable. And as a woman with a heavy flow, I wasn't sure how secure they would be. But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that there's nothing to fear. It took me a couple tries to get it right. But now that I know how to properly insert a Tampax, I don't even feel it. Using Tampax during my cycle has given me so much flexibility and gives me more freedom so I can do and wear what I want on my period. Because, you know, I'm a woman on the go. I'm on long flights, beach trips, busy work days, bopping around the city. When my period comes, I don't want to have to modify and limit what I can do. I want to keep living my unapologetic, multi-hyphenated lifestyle. And I never have to worry about leaks because just like a pad, Tampax can absorb even your heaviest flow and give you an up to 100% leak-free experience you can't see or feel. So for everyone with periods who's never used a Tampax, I encourage you to incorporate it into your menstrual routine. It's comfortable and flexible protection from start to finish. With some of the best and most capable vehicles in the world, Ford knows strong means more than just physical. Ford is sharing the inspiring stories of those behind the wheel who are accomplishing their goals, pursuing their dreams, and creating the world they want to live in. Built Ford Proud highlights Dee Bryant, a Ford driver who has shown strength in how she is breaking boundaries to create change in her field for those all around her. Dee Bryant is a professional stunt driver featured in over a hundred films, movies, and shows. She began riding motorcycles at age 11. Dee has done stunts in many commercials, but she always finds herself gravitating towards Ford vehicles as her personal ride went off screen. In fact, much of her stunt driving training took place in a Ford Mustang. Dee is one of a few females and even fewer African-American female stunt drivers in the entire industry. She constantly battles against sexism, racism, and unfair representation as many productions try to get around hiring female drivers. As part of her fight for equality, she co-founded the Association of Women Drivers, a stunt driving school where she helps teach other women to stunt drive. She is just one of the many examples that show us that Ford... Drivers span all walks of life, each with an individual story that shows how they're built Ford proud. Learn more about D. Bryant's story at ford.com forward slash built Ford proud. Breaking the mold, strengthening communities, creating change. Real stories brought to you by Ford, built Ford proud. 
All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. Absolutely. So we've discussed the importance of friendships in the past. We've had um, a friendship coach on, but I was super intrigued when you reached out. Um, the subject line was like romantic friendships. And I was like, what is that? Um, and so you wrote an article for Refinery29 titled, I'm single, but I get all the romance I need from my friendships. And you had shared that you believe in the importance of showering, specifically your black women friends with just as much respect, thoughtfulness, and reasonable expectations that you would uphold in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious about like how you even got there. I feel like people don't Mm -hmm. necessarily think of platonic friendships in that way. Um, And yeah, I'm just really curious. I'm going to jump right in because I was Mm -hmm. like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not a concept I've I've held um, all my life. I really came about it a few few years ago. And at the time, I was really struggling with my mental health. But it was really like getting through that season of my life. It was really my Black woman friends who who saved me in a lot of ways, you know, like they were just, they were just Mm. there. And I realized slowly over time, I was kind of like, you know, we all have romantic relationships and they'll last for however many months, however many years. And yet some of our friendships are, are, they're some of the longest lasting relationships we actually have, but they're not as celebrated in the same way that romantic relationships are. So, you know, black women will literally will literally hold each other through some of the deepest of trenches. And on the other side, like, you know, we'll talk about it, but, you know, it's not songs are not written about friendships the way romantic relationships are. There aren't all sorts of, you know, poetry and movies. And, you know, it's just not this massive thing that is celebrated within contemporary society. So I kind of started looking around and I was like, well, when I look at my friendships with other black women they've filled with so much romance and a lot of a lot of it started with just the the little things that I would otherwise have received from a romantic partner so it was just like a friend surprising me with a flower delivery on a random Tuesday while I was at work you know or friends being physically intentionally physically affectionate with me when I needed when I needed affection to be hugged to be held it was them showing up on days when I really didn't have capacity to cook a meal for myself and saying actually like I'll cook a meal for you and look after you in this way so it was just kind of Mm. I started to look around me and I thought you know my friends are doing things that would really a lot of the time would come from a romantic partner um and and yet Mm. it's not spoken about in the same way so I kind of thought if this is something that I've experienced you know at a time when I was in crisis it's something that I would like to keep on practicing, even when I'm not in crisis. So even right now, like I've got friends who I write handwritten letters to and they do the same. Just because it's a medium that I enjoy. I love writing handwritten letters and I love, you know, within romantic relationships, that's always something I've kind of been like, oh, this is so amazing. And I thought, well, I can still write romantic, you know, letters to my friends who are completely platonic and we can still send each other cute things in the mail. So that's kind of, where it started at a moment of crisis, but over time I kind of started to think a little bit more about it. And I was like, oh, I'd like to be more intentional about this and not have it as something that just happens when there's a crisis, but as just a way of maintaining and nurturing and looking after my friendships um, any other time. 
What do you think? Have you had moments when, when you think some of your friends have been romantic towards you, but you just didn't, you didn't classify it in that way? Yeah, <laughs> I think so for sure. I think, I think a part of romance and, or I'll say like intimacy is not just obviously sexual. Like I think someone who just will take time or make time to listen to you when you need to be listened to or someone who will just be like a shoulder to cry on if you need to or even like someone to celebrate your wins with you when mm -hmm. you want to celebrate. Um, yeah, I definitely can relate to what you're saying. And I think friendship should have like that level of intimacy and mm -hmm. not just with your man or mm -hmm. lover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, the key part of what you said is like, and you haven't thought about it that way. Cause I'm like, I would never even like, classify it in that way but yeah definitely have had friends that I connect with in like a very deep level um something that I thought about a lot um as I was looking at some of the themes that you shared that you wanted to discuss was that it really depends on the friend because I actually feel like the closer my friends are the less I realize it because it just feels like part of the dynamic which I guess all happens maybe if you're in like a very long-term mm -hmm. relationship like some of those things you don't even notice mm -hmm. anymore maybe you don't like appreciate or notate as much um versus friends that I have to like actively check in on or actively catch up mm -hmm. with then I realize like oh we're doing all these things that are very similar to maybe things you might do in a romantic dynamic um mm -hmm. which made me be like oh wow okay I gotta like sprinkle the love equally amongst <laughs> all my friends. Um, another thing I thought that was super interesting is you said that there's a lot of research that shows um, that friendship is one of the strongest indicators of good mental health and physical health. Um, mm. Can you share more about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the thing, right? I, like what I'm finding interesting about what you say is when friendships are more intimate, um, often we like there isn't as much as much intention so we kind of rely on automatically rely on the bond of the friendship to just keep itself going even if we're not actively yes. actively nurturing it but I think there's something you know it makes sense to me and I was as I was reading the research it, like it made sense to me that this would be the case because it's you know what friendships do is they provide a level of of, of safety you know it's like this really deep psychological emotional safety um it's a, sort of like a safety net so as you go through life as you go through your day if you have a moment of crisis on any particular day like you know that there's this person who's going to be available and show up for you and gather you if that's what you need in that moment and um, you know that if you fall ill there's this person who is going to you know um who's going to show up and be at the hospital with you if that's what's needed or, you know, mm -hmm. take care of things while you're in the hospital and cannot necessarily take take care of them yourself. And I think the difference with this is like with, you know, with either sorts of relationships or with romantic relationships at least, like we've got all sorts of rules that we live by, right? So like as a partner, you kind of feel like, oh, you know, as a girlfriend, this is what I'm supposed to do and this is what I'm not supposed to do. And I think when it comes to, to friendships, those rules are not necessarily there. So you show up quite authentically. Yeah. Um, 
And you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm here to support and I'm fully available, regardless of what the rules look like. I mean, how many times has it happened where a friend will be going through something and they'll start to retreat a little bit and you'll sense them retreating. And instead of being like, oh, she's got an attitude, like what, like why is she acting like this? What is this about? We don't take it as personally. Instead, you rush in and it's like, what is going on? Like, tell me what's happening. Like, how do I help you? That sort of thing. So I do think that, you know, um, Friendships have a certain, they've just got this, this level of, of, of emotional safety that's not really rooted in rules of engagement and, and what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, but we're able to show up in really authentic ways. And that, and that allows for, for a physical and mental sense of safety that we don't necessarily get in other, in other friendships or sorry, in other relationships rather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw this commercial. It's for a car, so it's very strange. But um, all these gentlemen are getting in the car, and it's one of the gentlemen's wedding day. Like, you can tell he's the groom. He's sitting in the front seat. All his friends get in the back seat. And they're like, oh, are you ready? Da-da-da, this is such an exciting day. And then he, like, texts. I hate this commercial. I literally fast-forward it if I can. But it'll be like, he texts all his friends, I love you. And then they, like, open the phone, and they're all like, but like he couldn't say it like and I just am like oh this is like perpetuating such terrible stereotypes of male friendship dynamics like he can tell his friends audibly I love you it's your freaking wedding day and it's like he has to text his friends I love you and then on top of that it's for a car commercial it's just like no I'm yeah no um (laughs) but it just made me think of like how layered it is because as you know, women, cis women, there is certain expectation around like that we are more gentle and we are more nurturing and we are more soft with our friends. And then there's a whole other layer when you go into cis men. It's like, (laughs) well, it's interesting because I feel like it's not. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like it's there's so many layers to that ability to be intimate with someone, even like us, even like a romantic partner. I think gender is one. I think racial dynamics have to do with it. Yes. Like you have to think about how, especially like black people in America, that's the experience that I am more familiar with. Mm. Um, the the ways in which like love is shown in families and, you know, maybe it's not so affectionate. And so then you get into those habits of maybe not being comfortable with telling your friend, I love you. Like mm. I have a friend and she's Latina, <laughs> and she's always saying she loves me and always hugging me. And I'm like, this is so not natural for me. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, it's becoming more natural because we've been like practicing it and doing mm-hmm. it. And, you mm-hmm. know, she's opened up that doorway to just say, I love you every time we stopped speaking. So yeah. I think it's a lot of layers. Yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about telling our friends we love them. <laughs> Like make it weird, however, however weird it gets, you know. Like, <laughs> make it weird. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little meme I saw that says that. Like, no, I, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, like I, I can't even lie. I'm like, ooh, I don't do any of this. Um, yeah. so I, uh, you spoke as well, and when you reached out about, um, just certain things to do with friends, so yeah. scheduling friendship check-ins understanding like where your friends are at Mm. understanding boundaries how to have 
you know, your needs met. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't do that at all. Like, I don't even <laughs> think to do some of that. I'm like, I've, I actually had a friend recently just call me out of the blue and I was like, hello. And she was like, hey, I'm just checking in on you. Like, how you been? What's going on? And I was like, I'm good. But it, it was great that she did that because um, it was funny. Like, I had actually just been thinking about her. So it's really weird mm-hmm. how that happened. But um, yeah, I, how do you put that into practice? You know, I the way this came about is I remember having a conversation with a friend and she brought up something. It was a conversation that we'd had, I think, like two years prior, like an incident that happened at, at an apartment that she stayed with with a roommate. And um, at the time, like when the conversation came up, it was just like, oh, you know, like, do you remember the situation? You know, like whatever. And at some point I asked her, like I asked her something about like how she felt back in the moment when all of this was happening. and. She then told me that at the time when she was having a rough time with her roommate, she actually tried to to tell me about this whole incident, but I hadn't heard her or understood her the way that she needed to be understood. And I realized that it had been a pain point for the for the past two years and I hadn't known about it, but it was something that she had been holding on to. And I remember kind of taking that for me, you know, it presented itself as an opportunity and I actually apologized for the fact that I hadn't been there for her in the way that she needed me to be and so later on I thought about it and I and I just it saddened me actually that here was this thing that she had been holding on to for so long I had kind of moved on you know like it was it was just like this funny incident of a thing that had happened that she meant happened to mention a while ago but there were parts of the conversation that her and I had that that had stayed with her and that had just you know had still been pain points for her at that point and so since then I kind of I kind of started, I realized that I needed to start asking that, that, that there will be moments when friends mention things to me and I don't necessarily hear it the way that they are intending for me to hear it. But if I actually schedule a time, I'm like, Hey, I would actually like for us to check in on how we are doing in our friendship. Those things then have room to come up, you know, like it, it, it automatically creates the safe space where it's like, if there's something you have been holding on to that I've been holding on to is a dedicated space to have those conversations. Cause I, I think that if somebody, you know, if something happened two years ago, like I know I would feel a little bit weird bringing up something from so long ago to a friend and kind of be like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I should be over it by now. But now that I'm having these, these check-ins, like it helps to kind of firstly just check in on where my friend is like in terms of their own life and what's going on for them. Um, life gets busy we all have things going on and it's not always easy to have those in-depth conversations so those those schedule check-ins help with that but also I I find that it's so helpful to explicitly ask about the the condition of the friendship and and whether you know to find out if I'm meeting their needs in the way that they need to be met if their needs have changed you know like I I mean we know our friends in particular ways and I know sometimes like there's things that my friends need during a season that they won't necessarily need all of the time, you know, but if they let me know that actually I would like us to like talk on the phone more often right now because this thing is happening, then I know that that's how I need to show up and the same goes and the same goes for them. So there isn't as much resentment that, that, that kind of, that builds up because we're not showing up and not because we don't want to show up, but because we don't know 
that we need to show up in a way that that's a little bit different right. for a period of time. So yeah, it's really, honestly, it's really just about setting a time and essentially just asking the question of like, how are we doing in this friendship? How are you feeling um, mm-hmm. about where we at? Because the thing that we would do in other, in other relationships, right? Like with a romantic partner, like you have, yeah. we'd have those, those kind of check-ins, you know? Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes it feels a little bit weird, you know, and, and I've noticed some friends have been like, oh, I've never thought about this. This is a bit strange, you know, but, um, <laughs> after a while they start to, they start to like appreciate it because it's just, it, it, it helps to nurture us how we need to be nurtured at any particular moment. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Chelsea, you said it's a practice. You're like, oh, the more you've practiced it saying, I love you, it just becomes more mm-hmm. normalized. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that's like a great strategy. Um, I do think probably you have to know your friend because I'm sure there are certain friends that if I'm like constantly checking in with them, they'd get irritated and probably because they're not so, you know, uh, what's a nice way to say this in tune with their own feelings Mm -hmm. and their own emotional practices and so they're not yet advanced enough to have those conversations but um I think that's like a great strategy and like you said you do it in your romantic relationship so not why not the person that you've probably known before that person Mm -hmm. and will know after that person potentially so yeah yeah (laughs) I was saying the last thing I wanted to touch on that I found super interesting was Mm -hmm. the importance of understanding your friend's love language, which actually I haven't necessarily like explicitly voiced this to some of my friends, but like when my friends do share their love language in their romantic relationships or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, it's kind of like a personality test. Like Mm -hmm. I just take like mental note, like, okay, this friend is Mm -hmm. like an acts of service friend. So I'm going to like, help them with the dishes but like this friend is a words of affirmation friend so i'm gonna be like you did great but like i've never actually explicitly had the conversation with the person i'm just like okay how do i better communicate with them um and i thought that that was so cool um so i'd love to dive into that because i think a lot of people would probably be like love language with my friend (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think love languages go for for absolutely everyone, whether it's friends or romantic partners or or, or family. Um, and I think mm-hmm. the important the important family. thing there for me was it's not it's one thing to know people's love languages, and it's a whole different thing to actually love them in those languages, even if they are different to ours. You know. Um, Because I think Mm -hmm. often it's easy to love people in our own love languages, right? Like, I know my, like, my primary one is quality time. So it's easy for me to schedule time to see my friends and all of that. But there are some that are not as, as simple or they don't come as naturally to me. And so I have found that when I, you know, when I either just, you know, through a different conversation, find out what a friend's love language is, or they actually tell me what their love language is, then I find it's it's so much more helpful for me because I'm like, well, maybe I don't have to schedule the brunches and the lunches and the dinner, you know, the the nights out having dinner to like have conversations. Maybe what I can do 
is cook them a meal every now and again when I know that they've had that they've had a busy week because they'll they'll definitely receive and understand that a lot more than if I'm like hey let's let's go for lunch and have a conversation or let's go for a walk in the park and have a long extended conversation um so I I mean I remember this my friend he was so 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 sweet this is a guy friend and he's not the most <laughs> he's he's not a hugger um but we had a conversation about 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 love language and I told him that well I do like hugs and that sort of thing and I remember the one day he came to me he's like okay so I remember that conversation we had about the hugging and I don't really like hugs but I do want to give you hugs like not all the time but I do I do want to do it and so what I'm going to do is from now on, I will, if you give me the space to initiate the hug, like, then that's like, no. I, I'm pretty sure I can do that. And I literally watched him. It was the sweetest thing. I watched him kind of like take a little, like little deep breath and be like, okay, and open his arms and come and give me this like really long, squeezy hug. And I was like, I actually appreciate it. Like <laughs> that, that you are doing this. And for me, it wasn't even at that moment, it wasn't about the hug itself. It was about the fact that we had this conversation and he had gone in his own time and thought about it and then made a decision about how best he would be able to meet that need. And so even, I mean, since then, even if he doesn't like hug me, I don't, like, I'm not bothered by it because I know that like, whenever he does decide to do it, he will have thought about it. And in that moment, it will be an active act of love like it's not just something that he does because Mm -hmm. it's it's a socially acceptable thing to do or it's what you do when you when you get around with your friends or whatever so I found that so adorable and I was like oh my goodness like I appreciate it and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable and feel like you have to hug me all the time but the the amount of thought that he put into it and the love that he actually poured into that single hug that he gave me that day I was like like, this is the best. Like, if you're going to be this intentional about every hug that you give me, fantastic. But they don't have to happen every single time. So I think that's that's really what it is for me. That kind of, you know, that kind of underlines my whole thing around, you know, loving loving our friends in the language that they're most able to recognize it. Because it takes a little bit of extra thought. Um, but in that moment, like, that's when nice. they yeah. receive it, you know, they, they, re- they will fully understand what you're doing. Um and it won't just be another thing that you do because it's, it comes more naturally to you or whatever. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's so sweet. And it's more like, yeah, the thoughtfulness. And then you're like, yeah. you understand that this is important for me. And yeah, mm. very, very similar to, you know, uh, intimate romantic relationship you might have with a partner. Yeah. It's like really just applying a lot of those learnings. Um, so makes a lot of sense now how you think about romantic relationships. Um, before we go, I know you are studying clinical psychology at the University of Cape Town. Would love to know how that has or is like influencing, has influenced some of the, the work you're doing, talking about romantic relationships and maybe just other things that you've been diving into in your studies. Yeah. Oh, um, right now I, so I've completed my clinical training. So I've done all the, the actual like therapeutic work part of it. Um, right now I'm working on, on my thesis. Um, and I'm actually looking at intergenerational constructions and ideas of rest, um, amongst black women. So that's, 
I've been just getting so much joy. A thesis is a hard thing to do, like it's tedious and laborious and all of that. But I've been getting so much joy from all sorts of conversations that I've been having with the people around me and, and, you know, with my friends as well about like our own ideas around what rest looks like for us as black women. Um, yeah. You know, how we've seen rest modeled to us in our families, for instance, you know, older women in our families, how do they rest? What practices of rest do they employ? Um, is rest even a real thing, right? Like it's like it's kind of become a thing at the moment where I check in on my friends if they're actually resting. <laughs> and like, like yeah. if they're scheduling time to look after themselves in that way. So that's kind of been a it's been a beautiful it's been a it's been a beautiful space to be in where I'm doing this really academic work, but at the same time it's it's gotten me to like interrogate a lot of my own my own ways of being and have conversations with some of my black woman friends about their ways of being and how they exist in the world and how they take up space. I'm excited to maybe read your thesis. I don't know. Like I'm like when when it, when it drops. I know it's a lot of work that goes into it, but um the yeah. subject I think is like really important. Um and yeah, when you were saying rest, I was like, do people rest? Cuz I know when I'm resting, I'm like not even really resting. I'm like <laughs> yeah. resting, but I'm like ah, I'm going to send 12 emails right now right. <laughs> yeah. this is like my <laughs> downtime. <laughs> I don't know if this is technically rest, but mm-hmm. I have this new obsession with, uh, it's like a version of Pilates. Yeah. And I think in those 50 minutes, I'm literally not thinking about anything. So mm-hmm. that's a form of rest, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I, I I see that that like when yeah. I work out in the morning, that is my alone time. <laughs> that is the mm-hmm. only time that I'm really only focusing on myself. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely get that. I definitely mm-hmm. get that. Look, I mean, the fact that she has space I don't to know just if that's be a alone. good or bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share with the listeners, um, anything that maybe you've recently written or that you're working on that we should keep our eyes out for. Um, and we can also definitely share social. it in the show notes. Yes. Um, so I, I am on Instagram um, at, in, at XO underscore my name. Um, I also recently started a newsletter called Words Less Spoken, um, which, which, yeah, like that's been, that's been my own little creative project that I'm trying to to pour into um, as a form of rest in its own way. Um, yeah, so those are, I'm also on LinkedIn. That's more, that's more if you'd like to connect with me in terms of my work. And the others are the, the three mediums that you can reach me on. And yes, I, honestly, what I want to share with some of your listeners is just like, please rest as much as you can. <laughs> like we deserve it. Like, especially as black women, nobody's going to tell us to do it. Um, they're not going to stop everything on our behalf and say like, go take a nap, go, go, go have a rest, go relax. And, and we deserve, we deserve, we deserve it every day, all the time. <laughs> like, so rest as much as you can. We are worthy of it. Always. I love yes. that message. Mm. More things for me to employ that <laughs> I have not been great at, but you know what? Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll definitely be on the lookout as we, we, 
we think more about romantic relationships, resting. We'll be sharing mm -hmm. our updates with you as we put this all into practice. Oh, please do. Also, yes. we'll be keeping up with you as well. Thank you so much for this conversation. I've enjoyed meeting you, of course. Absolutely. Okay, so um, not to fill the conversation with Geneva propaganda, but it is a very popping place. And um, a topic that was brought up in the Geneva chat was that two of the ladies in the chat are actually experiencing really challenging breakups. Um, and so they asked, you know, what have you done to get over breakups? What can we do? Chelsea's confused. She don't know how to I'm use like, the app. I never saw that message. Um, it's in the group chat. You you just be chatting and introduce yourself. Oh, which is fine. Wow. Um, but yes. So one of the young ladies, I don't know, we'll, we'll let her remain anonymous, but she is a huge supporter and we appreciate and love you very much. Thank you for riding with us for so long. Um, and we feel for what you've been going through. But with all that being said, um, advice, advice for getting over or over breakups. I spoke about some in the chat, but I'm I'm curious to know, Chelsea, what you're thinking, and then I'll share my thoughts. Yeah, I think for me, it probably depends on so many things. Like, is it a mutual breakup? Were you the one who was broken up with? Were you the breaker upper? Mm. Um, I think that would determine a lot of how I function in terms of the healing process. But I think something that is just important to note when you are dealing with a breakup is, I know it sounds corny, but like this too shall pass. Like yes. think about how many, at least for me, like the end of a relationship came and like you were devastated and crying on the bathroom floor and literally felt like you were going to die and like your life was over and like your eyes were puffy and hurting because you were crying your eye sockets out. And like, just think about like how little you care now. Like it's just, it's, it's a part of life and it's, it's, it sucks. And I think it's fine to like sit in the suckiness Yes. But then just like keep in your mind, like it's going to be over. Like you're not going to be sad about this person forever. Yeah, literally same. I was just like, listen, time, as much as this is so annoying to say and so annoying to hear because you want a quick fix, but time is the ultimate healer. Like mm. you just have to ride the fucking wave. And I think as I've gotten older, really understanding the importance of like feeling your feels, like if there's a day and you're like, I'm not getting out of bed, I'm crying and I'm eating a bacon, egg and cheese and I'm listening to sad music, lean in, do it, <laughs> have the moment. Um, I think journaling is really, really helpful. I did that through a breakup and it helped me just because I had so many like swirling thoughts and I was just like, Ugh, get out. Like, and I just would write it all down. Um, definitely a time if you can to seek out Therapy, um, just because I feel like it can definitely help with um, like tangible tactics on things that you can do and also help you understand more. Like I'm very much a like who, what, where, why, how did this happen? And I think having mm -hmm. someone to like talk you through it is helpful. But at the end of the day, time. You'll look back months from then, years from then and be like, 
wow, I was down bad, but now we up. Yeah. And it'll happen. And like, that's not your person. And if you are, say you're the person that was broken up with and you feel like that is your person, if it is your person, it'll come back, you know? And if it's not, it's, it's gone and good riddance. Um, yeah, but breakups are hard. They really suck. They suck. It's literally like the your person all of a sudden is no longer your person, which is a crazy feeling. But yeah, you'll be okay. You will be just fine. And use this time to really pour into yourself. Like all the things you learned about yourself in that relationship dynamic, you know, just becoming the best version of you every day, whether that's for another potential partner, whether that's for your friends, your family, and your career. Like there's so many learnings that come out of these types of relationships. They definitely are a mirror to you. Um, yeah. Which is, oh my God, I don't know. Maybe I was listening to Esther Perel. I was listening to somebody, one of these people who talk a lot about like um, relationships and romance. And they were like, so many people think that they can work on themselves and then show up in a relationship and like just kill it. And like mm-hmm. actually a relationship is such a mirror to your flaws because someone is actively calling you out on your shit that either, yeah, maybe you're aware of or you don't even know um, and working with you through that process. Um, so as much as you want to work on yourself as well, I think being cognitive of like whatever feedback you got challenges you had in a relationship are really good to just think through and work through so yeah and not all feedback fucking matters like true someone might have an issue with something you do and i think it's your decision to decide do i have an issue with that and like be honest like is this something i i should grow like I should develop and try to like change, quote unquote, about myself. But sometimes it's fuck you. That energy as well. <laughs> and sometimes you you can lean into some toxic behaviors. I think you get a, a small hall pass, you know, you want to live a little hot girl lifestyle. Get on the apps for a quick distraction, you know. Book a quick flight, take a quick trip, you know. Nobody can tell you how to go through your grieving process. Go to the spa, get a massage, do some cupping. Oh, do you want to see my back? Is it still all spotty? Oh, wow. It's not as bad now, but... No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, The good good stuff. But it'll go away. And pretty soon you'll forget his name. And you'll be like, who? Who are you? I don't even care about you. Sure. (laughs) in that voice and everything um well wishing the girls all the best and listen you had a whoever going through a breakup right now you're in a good season you were in summertime season bought it up hit the street season okay this ain't no he broke up with me right before thanksgiving like no i'm in the cold by myself drinking you got time you got time let the sun hit your skin let the cat calls roll in mm-hmm. to some degree. Don't be a harassing woman. Um, <laughs> and yeah, keep us posted on how it's going. And like we said, join the Geneva chat because we out here 
shooting the shit, giving emotional support, just doing all the amazing dynamic things that black women do. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We are black girls texting on all platforms, really, um, except for Twitter, in which we're black girls text one. Please play the YouTube videos, even yes. if you put them on mute. It's really helpful. Um, rate, comment, subscribe, leave comments, engage on our stuff as we grow. We really appreciate it. Oh, and support my TikTok that I just made. Love you. Bye. Yes. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.